بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها فإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وبعد My dear respected brothers and elders Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We start off by praising Allah Azza wa Jal for the countless blessings and bounties that Allah Azza wa Jal bestowed upon us and continues to bestow upon us. And no doubt the greatest bounty and the greatest mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal upon us is the bounty of Iman and the bounty of this beautiful and most perfect deen that we have received from Allah Azza wa Jal and the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal has chosen us to be from the Ummah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the last and final messenger of Allah Azza wa Jal, and one of the Khalil, the close friends of Allah Azza wa Jal. So indeed we are very fortunate to be from this very select group. We also thank and praise Allah Azza wa Jal for having given us this tawfiq and the opportunity to sit in a gathering of the remembrance of Allah Azza wa Jal, where we know that tonight is a weekend night, uh, wherein you know many people will be spending their free time uh, trying to enjoy themselves or just relaxing, etc. But Alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa Jal has chosen us to be from those select few who, inshallah, are sitting for the remembrance of Allah Azza wa Jal, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He accept this from us, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He grant us sincerity in sitting here for His sake only. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He continues to give us steadfastness to be in His obedience right up till the angel of death comes and visits us. <clears throat> so today, inshallah, I've chosen a topic which I thought would be not only interesting but also at the same time beneficial uh, for one and all. Uh, and this is a topic which I have spoken about before, so I thought I will share it with the Qatari audience here as well. Um, and the fact is, that in today's day and age, uh, there is not much use in arguing about whether these different social media platforms are haram or halal. I think that time has already long gone, where you know the scholars would debate about you know whether Facebook or whether Orkut. I mean, this is in you know many years gone by. For those of you that may remember. Yahoo Messenger, for those of you that may remember, whether these platforms are actually halal or haram. The fact remains that 
the majority of humankind are already using these as a mode of communication. So much so that even those whom we consider as being, you know, the less fortunate financially, they will have access to devices wherein they can access these, their, their, their accounts on social media platforms and communicate with people around the world. So this is something which is widespread, something which everyone uses and it, it, it has become a common mode of communication and keeping in touch with the rest of the world, with family and friends, um, and with other acquaintances. Now, my talk today is not going to be about that. My talk today, inshallah, is going to be about what we can gather from the guidance of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through what has, been what has been revealed to him in the Qur'an and through his saying and through his actions and how we can apply it to um, you know, today's social media age and how we can use these guidelines to make sure that we interact with or use these social media platforms in a way which is pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal and where we do not cross the boundaries and limitations set by Allah Azza wa Jal. So this is going to be my main focus uh, today, insha'Allah. Uh, first and foremost, insha'Allah, as with any action that we do, uh, I will start off by mentioning the first most important guideline. And that is by reminding myself and one and all about one of the very famous hadith of the Prophet wasallam, a hadith reported by Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, in which he reports that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, and this hadith is known to each and every one of us, that verily every action of a person is judged by his or her intention. Verily actions are judged by intentions. So when we are using these social media platforms, the first First and foremost, we should keep in our minds that uh, our intention should be correct. Our intention for using these me so social media platforms, whether it be Facebook or whether it be Twitter or whether it be anything else, we should use them with the correct intention. Our intention, first and foremost, if it is to displease Allah Azza wa Jal, if it is to disobey Allah Azza wa Jal, if we know that we're going to do a sin or commit a sin, then we are already doing something wrong. However, if our intention is either to do something which is pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal, meaning that it is to do an act of worship, like for example, maybe spread a hadith or spread a good message or something along the lines, then it should be for that sake, for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. If it is something neutral, like for example, just keeping in contact with say family or keeping in, keeping in contact with friends, or sharing something with our family members, or sharing something with our friends, then again our intention should be correct. Our intention should be that we will not use this communication to displease Allah Azza wa Jal. So this is the first thing that we must always remember in each and every one of our, in each and every one of our actions that we perform. So whether it be a pure act of worship, or whether it be a daily human interaction, our intention should always be correct. 
Many a times we, we will know whether, you know, our, is my going on Facebook today or is my posting something on Instagram today, is it going to be beneficial? Is it going to be pleasing to Allah Azza wa Jal or is it going to put a sin in my account? Many a times our intention will determine that. Our intention at the start, before opening up our accounts or before unlocking our phones, our intention will determine whether that action of, our, uh, whether that action of ours is going to put a good deed in my account or is going to put a bad deed in my account. And this is very, very important. We cannot trivialize the importance of ensuring that our intention is correct. Our intention is to do something which is neutral, to please Allah Azza wa Jal, or to make sure that we don't fall into haram whilst we are doing what we are doing with these social media platforms. So this is the first and foremost important thing. Secondly, again related to intention, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in a hadith reported by in Musnad Ahmad or recorded in Musnad Ahmad, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam tells us that that verily the thing that I fear the most for you, meaning the most for, for his ummah, is ashirkul asghar, the minor shirk. So the Prophet ﷺ was asked by the Sahaba, ajma'in, those that were present there, that what is this? What is shirkul asghar? The Prophet ﷺ replied that it is a riya. The Prophet ﷺ replied that it is a riya. And further on, the Prophet ﷺ goes on to say that when Allah Azza wa Jal, on the day of Qiyamah, when He takes people to account for their actions in this world, and they might have done something which was outwardly good, Allah Azza wa Jal will tell them on the day of Qiyamah that go to those people, go to those people whom you were showing off to, whom you are showing your actions to and see whether they have any reward for you and see whether they have any reward for you so subhanallah this hadith of the prophet shows us that if our intention when doing something good when doing something good is not to please allah azza wa jal rather it is to please someone else on the day of qiyamah it will become a burden for us on the day of Qiyamah, it will become a burden for us. And may Allah Azza wa Jal protect us from this category of people. Now, how does this apply to our interaction on social media? Well, many a times we may post something, right? We may post something on Instagram, we may post something on Facebook, we may, we may tweet something. If our intention is that, okay, inshallah, if I do something good, if I post something good, like for example, a good hadith or a good reminder, or if it is my own private or personal talk or short reminder, like a two or three minute reminder, I post it, I'm very eloquent in my speech, etc. I post it on you know, one of these social media platforms. My intention is to get this message across to as many people as possible so that it will benefit them in their life and it will bring them closer to Allah Azza wa Jal. Then inshallah this will be a means of earning good deeds for ourselves on the day of Qiyamah. But if our intention is to become more famous, if our intention is to get more likes, 
if our intention is to get those uh, you know, extra ads on our YouTube channel so that we can earn money from it, if our intention is to become famous YouTubers, famous Instagrammers, if our intention is to become these famous social media celebrities, then obviously we will not get any reward for it. Rather, we will get a sin for it. Not only that, it will become a burden for that person on the day of Qiyamah. So this is extremely, extremely important. And subhanAllah, you know, when we do post something on you know, these social media platforms, especially when we are doing something good, it has a very far reach. And because it has a very far reach, we are extremely vulnerable to Ariya. We are extremely vulnerable to Ariya. You know, when there are only a few people listening to us, when there are only a few people praising us, perhaps it may be easy to protect ourselves from Ariya. However, when there are so many people praising us, when there are so many people liking, when there are so many people posting these emojis, which are the smiley face emojis, etc., etc., and all of that on our social media accounts, and when we get those notifications on our phone, etc., it is very difficult for us to protect ourselves from Ariya because naturally we feel, you know, our head gets blown, right? Our head start, starts becoming big. This is natural. This is natural. Our head starts becoming big. And shaitan then takes advantage of this. So we have to protect ourselves consistently and make sure that we renew our intention every time we you know, do these actions. Every time we do something for the sake of Allah Azza wa especially when it is something public, especially when it is something public, then it is very, very important that we renew our intentions on a consistent basis. Otherwise, it will be very difficult for us to protect ourselves from Ariya. And when we do get into Ariya and may Allah Azza wa protect us all, then, you know, we will be doing our effort for absolutely nothing. In fact, it will be earning us sins. May Allah Azza wa protect us all from this. The second thing, second point, insha'Allah. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells us in an authentic hadith, and this, is, this hadith is a mutawatir hadith, a Prophet says, Man kathaba aliyya muta'ammidan falyatabawwa maqa'adahu minan nar. Man kathaba aliyya muta'ammidan falyatabawwa maqa'adahu minan nar. That whoever lies against me on purpose, whoever lies against me on purpose, then he should prepare his abode in hellfire. He should prepare his abode in hellfire. Now what am I getting at in this second point? The second guideline is that we should stop and protect ourselves from spreading false information. Shall I'll just give you a few stats. A few stats which I was just, you know, researching and which I had which I had got from my research about what happens and how easy is it to spread this false information and how easily does false information spread and why does false information spread more quickly? than true information. So this research was done, you know, after some of the very famous worldwide incidents that took place, you know, a few years back. 
uh, done by MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Te Technology, uh, by some of the researchers there. They said that false information, on average, reaches six times faster to 1,500 people than true information. False information reaches six times faster to 1,500 people than true information. And false information is more like 70% more likely to be retweeted or reshared than true information. I'll ask you this question, why do you think that is? Why do you think false information is so easily retweeted and reshared? And why do you think false information reaches so many people much quicker than true information? Why do you think that is? People like gossip. It's very good. Sensational information. It's novel. It's novel. Right? So when there's false information, like for example, sometimes you find, you know, subhanAllah, I've seen many a times people forwarding me many things that this is a cure for cancer, that is a cure for cancer. SubhanAllah, everyone's found a cure for cancer today, you know? Um, whereas no one's being cured of, I mean, many people aren't being cured of cancer, right? So there are so many things that get passed around so quickly. Why? Because, well, if you take, for example, something as simple as an apple, right? An apple, say, has vitamin C. Now, vitamin C, what is it good for? Uh, it's good for immunity, etc. Nothing great. We all know that. But if someone says, an apple cures cancer. They're like, whoa, right? Something novel, something new, something sensational, as the brother said. Something which other people don't know about. This is number one. It's sensational. It brings attention, it grabs attention. So it spreads quicker, right? That's number one. Number two, as some of these researchers stated, that the reason why people like to retweet these things and reshare without even verifying it is because, you know, when someone tells you that, oh, you know, today I went to, say, Suk Waqif. So that person will say, so what's so great about that? But another person, they come and tell you, oh, I climbed, my, uh, I climbed Mount Everest last month. So they'll be like, whoa. It's something great, right? This person, is, this person has done something great. So when you spread information which is sensational, people are like, ah, oh, this person is in the know. This person knows great stuff. This person knows the current situation. This person knows what's happening now. This person has a lot of knowledge, etc., etc., etc. So for this reason, People like retweeting and resharing things which, not, which might not even be true. Why? Because they like to feel that they have shared something which people want to know. And then they will be considered by people that they've shared this information with as being someone in the know. Someone that knows stuff. Whoa, if you want information, if you want to know what's happening now, you go to this person. Right? So this is the reason why, as, as, as these researchers state, this is the reason why people like to retweet and reshare these things um, you know, so quickly and many a times or most of the time it is false information whereas when it's true information uh, not so great not so great
Let me remind myself and one and all about one of the very famous hadith of the Prophet which is mentioned in both Bukhari and Muslim. And the Prophet was shown some of the adab that will take place on the day of Qiyamah. Some of the adab that will take place on the day of Qiyamah. So he saw you know, many different people you know, going through different trials and different adab. So the Prophet of Allah kept on asking Angel Jibreel, that okay why is this person why is this person in this situation why is that person in this in this situation so the angel kept on telling the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that i will tell you i will tell you in time and so when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was informed of the different punishments that he had seen and he had witnessed um, he was informed of one of the one of the people that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam had seen and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam described him so the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, uh, rather the angel told the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَأَمَّا الرَّجُلُ الَّذِي أَتَيْتَ عَلَيْهِ يُشَرْشَرُ شِدْقُهُ إِلَىٰ قَفَاهُ وَمَنْخِرُهُ إِلَىٰ قَفَاهُ وَعَيْنُهُ إِلَىٰ قَفَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ الرَّجُلُ يَغْدُ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ فَيَكْذِبُ الْكَذْبَةَ تَبْلُغُ الْآفَاقِ The person that you came to and his, his mouth was being dragged by or being ripped by these two hooks which were put on either side and they were being brought right to the back, so they were being ripped right across to the back. The eyes were being ripped right across to the back. The, the Prophet of Allah was informed that this person was the person that would go out in the morning and he would spread a lie that would reach the ends of the earth. He would spread a lie that would reach the ends of the earth. Now, subhanAllah, how, easy, how easily do you think a tweet or a WhatsApp message reach the ends, reach, reaches the end of the earth? Very easily. SubhanAllah, you send a WhatsApp message today, it has reached UK, it has reached Finland, it has reached Australia, it has reached the Americas. You send one message to, uh, to a group, SubhanAllah, and in that group there are many people from around the world, and they share that message, and this message goes to you know many other people and this good message goes to many other people before you know it before you know it this message has been received by you know millions of people and who was the person who was a contributing factor to that lie being spread perhaps you perhaps you because you spread it without verifying it you spread it without verifying it and subhanallah, such a type of person will be punished with such a severe punishment on the day of Qiyamah. So it is not something trivial. It's not something trivial. Subhanallah, there are some people on my, on my WhatsApp list. I receive messages consistently from them. And many a times it is just forwarded messages. Many a times it is just forwarded messages. There are some people who are famous for just you know, forwarding every single message that they receive. Right? And then sometimes you even make fun of them and try to get them to stop doing it. Right? But many a times these messages that are forwarded are actually false information. Actually false information. And subhanAllah, you know what? You know the disease today, uh, many a times it is justified by the person writing at the end, uh, you know, uh, as received. Forwarded as received. To make themselves bury, right? To make themselves free from that blame. But subhanAllah, they're not free from the blame. So they're writing forwarded as received or as received at the end just to show that ah, if it is true, then okay. But if it is not true, then I'm not a part of it. Someone else sent it to me. What kind of attitude is this? 
right? So you're still being a part of spreading something false. So if someone sends you, say, a uh, something which is definitely haram and definitely accepted by every single person as being haram, right? Say a you know a person with an inappropriate amount of clothing on their bodies, right? And you forwarded it and you write at the end as received. Subhanallah. Does that make it any better? It doesn't make it any better, right? So it's this, it's exactly the same thing. You are forwarding something which is already haram. You are forwarding a lie without verifying it. So you're also being part of that sin. You are also being part of that sin. So it's extremely, extremely essential that we do not forward each and everything that we receive. Each and everything that we receive. Right? And our beloved Prophet Muhammad wasallam again tells us in an authentic hadith uh, <coughs> that it is enough for a person to be considered a liar if he starts saying everything that he hears. If he starts saying everything that he hears, it is enough for that person to be considered as a liar. This is what the Prophet of Allah tells us. So it's extremely important that although we're not lying with our tongues, but we're lying with our messages, we're lying with our thumbs, we're lying with our hands, we're lying with our phones. We're still part of that lie if we're spreading that lie. So let us inshallah consider this. Let us inshallah consider this hadith of the Prophet And let us consider the seriousness of you know, some of the actions that we see uh, you know, within our societies. And if we are a part of it, let us inshallah stop um, doing these type of actions and you know, forwarding every, every single thing that we receive. <clears throat> the next guideline inshallah with regards to our interaction uh, on social media is tarnishing the image of another Muslim brother or another Muslim sister. Tarnishing the image of another Muslim brother or another Muslim sister. You know, I can show you many studies, inshallah, but because of, you know, a little bit of a restriction in time, I will not go through everything, but I'll just give you a brief glimpse of, you know, the psychology of a human being and the studies that have been done with regards to this. You know, when a person is on social media, then what happens is a person can only or only has the capacity to handle a certain amount of friends. Now, obviously, when the friends of a person on their social media list or on their account surpasses this limit, then it becomes very difficult for him or her to give each and every one of them justice. Right? And what happens with that is it drains a person out. When it drains a person out, uh, or they're emotionally drained, physically drained, they start to see uh, or they start to uh, you know, feel that barrier in between themselves and their friends, right? their friends on social media. Now, when that happens, if they ever do something which would anger one of their friends on their, on their friend list, or if someone else from their friend list does something which, might, which may anger them, perhaps they may have commented something which they may not have liked, or they may have not liked something which they were supposed to like, etc., etc., then what happens is they are quick to break those friendships. 
they're quick to break those friendships. Why? Because in the first place, there were the vast majority of those friendships were virtual friendships in the first place. They were virtual friendships. They weren't real friendships. They weren't real friendships. And because a human being can only handle a certain amount of friends when it surpasses that, everything else becomes just like fantasy friends, not real friends. A person thinks that they are friends, but they're not real friends. And the same emotional connection that a person may have towards their best friend, they will not have towards other friends on their social media list. And when that happens, friendships are very easily made and friendships are very easily broken. Friendships are very easily broken because they don't feel that connection. There is a barrier. You know, if you have to tell someone face to face, if you have to uh, confront someone face to face, it is much more difficult than confronting someone on social media, just typing and being keyboard warriors. It is very easy. But you have, if you have to face them, and subhanAllah, many other factors come into play. Does that guy have muscles? Does that guy look intimidating? Etc. Etc. All of that. The person's status in society, would you mess with this person? Wouldn't you mess with this person? But on social media, you don't know who that person is, many a times. So you don't care what you write. You don't care what you write. So you will break those friendships, you will, you know, subhanAllah, sometimes you see some, some, some brothers, I'm talking about Muslims, um, obviously we have been given the guidance uh, by Allah Azza wa Jal through our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and through the Quran. So of course, you know, uh, we, are, we are, of course, we consider ourselves to be more responsible in that sense. So, you know, when we are on social media, or when some people are on social media, and they have a tiff with someone on social media, they would go to their account, right? They would go to their account, their profile page, and they would try to find faults on there. And when they find faults on there, then they'll get back to where they were commenting on when they, where they were having that tiff, and then they will put those, you know, shortcomings on those, on that, in that comment section. Again, we are tarnishing the image of another Muslim. We're tarnishing the image of another Muslim. And let us look at some of the advices of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and what he has said with regards to the honor of our Muslim brother and sister. And there are many ahadith with regards to this. One of the ahadith which is recorded in Bukhari, narrated by Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu anhuma, in which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Al-Muslimu man salima al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadi." That a true Muslim, a true Muslim is a person from whose hands and from whose tongue other Muslims feel safe. From whose hands and whose tongue other Muslims feel safe. So they feel safe from the abuse of uh, you know, the other Muslim. That's a true Muslim. That's a true Muslim. So you feel safe that I won't be abused by this person. You feel safe that you won't be hurt by this person. This is a true Muslim. And this is how we should behave everywhere. Whether we are face to face with someone or whether we are behind our screens and we have that virtual barrier in place. This is how we have to behave everywhere. This is the guidance of our Prophet Our beloved Prophet Muhammad tells us in other authentic hadith. In Abu Dawood, a, a hadith in Abu Dawood in which the Prophet says, إِنَّ مِنْ أَرْبَ الْرِبَى الْإِسْتِطَالَةُ فِي عِرْضِ الْمُسْلِمِ بِغَيْرِ حَقِّ that verily the worst type of usury, 
the worst type of usury or the worst type of transgression, the worst type of going ahead of the limits is what? Is to tarnish a Muslim's honor without any due right. Is to tarnish a Muslim's honor without any due right. This is what the Prophet ﷺ tells us. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, and this is again a very famous hadith, that كل المسلم على المسلم حرام دمه وماله وعرضه حسب امرئ من الشر أن يحكر أخاه المسلم. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that everything of a Muslim is haram upon another Muslim. Haram or sacred. Something sacred. Something we're not allowed to touch. Something we're not allowed to break. Something we're not allowed to harm. Something we're not allowed to damage. What are these things? The Prophet ﷺ further goes on to elaborate. Damuhu, his blood. Wamaluhu, his wealth. Wa'irdu, his honor. And it is enough for a person to be considered as a bad person, as an evil person, when a person looks down upon someone. When a person looks down upon someone. So imagine when we actually abuse someone. How bad is that? This is haram. This is, this is something sacred. The honor of a Muslim is something sacred. We're not allowed to harm it. We're not allowed to break it. We're not allowed to damage it. Whether it be in person or whether it be behind the screen, whether it be through our keyboards or whether it be through our phones. We're not allowed to damage it. It is haram for us to damage it. This is what the Prophet ﷺ tells us. And the last hadith which I'm going to quote, this shows us the real seriousness of you know, damaging a person's reputation. Opening up a person's sins. Opening up a Muslim's shortcomings. And in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ also tells us the reward or the consequence, the good consequence of when a person actually covers up the faults of another Muslim. What does the Prophet ﷺ say? Hadith reported or recorded in Ibn Majah, narrated by Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu He says, Man muslim That whoever covers up the faults of his Muslim brother, Allah Azza wa Jal will cover his faults on the day of Qiyamah. And whoever opens up the faults of another Muslim, of his Muslim brother, Allah Azza wa Jal will open up his faults until he humiliates him even in his own home. So this is what the Prophet says. So Allah Azza wa Jal will not only open it up in this world, but rather open it up even on the day of Qiyamah. Open up the faults of a Muslim, open up the faults of that person even on the day of Qiyamah. This is the seriousness. Subhanallah, if our faults are open up in this life, how humiliated do we feel? We feel ashamed, we feel embarrassed. How about on the day of Qiyamah, when the whole world will be watching, when the whole world will be there, when the whole world, when the whole creation, when all of the human beings, when all of the insan and the jinn will be there from the time of Adam السلام, right up till the end of creation. When all of them will be present and will be waiting for the hash will be waiting for the accountability. Right at that time, if we are embarrassed in front of those people, subhanAllah, what type of humili what type of humiliation will that be? So we don't want to be put in that position. 
and for us to be in a position where Allah Azza wa will cover up our faults, we have to learn to cover up the faults of our next Muslim brother and sister in Islam. This is extremely important. And it's also very important when we are on the social media sites, when we are on the social media platforms. Why? Because when we are in front of people, we at least have that consciousness that there is a, an actual person standing in front of me. But when we are sitting behind our screens, then we don't realize that there is an actual person about whom we are commenting about. That there is an actual person about whom we are opening up you know, all, of the, all of his or her faults. We don't realize this. And therefore, we feel that we can do anything that we want and we keep typing away. Inshallah, I'll you know, try to move on a little bit, inshallah. The next guideline is with regards to the appropriate interaction between opposite genders. And this is very, very important. I'll give you some statistics which were done you know, by a law firm in the US, uh, or a study rather, which was done by a law firm in the US with regards to the impact of social media on marriages. The impact of social media on marriages. SubhanAllah, when I read out to you some of these statistics, you'll be surprised. If you haven't heard these stats before, you'll be surprised at these statistics. Now, it wasn't like a worldwide, you know, it wasn't a worldwide study, but nevertheless, um, it is quite eye-opening. So inshallah, I will read some of these statistics out to you. But before we do that, inshallah, let us go through some of the advices of our beloved Prophet Muhammad wasallam, and then see how these can be applied to our interaction on social media with the opposite gender. What does the Prophet wasallam, tell us in an authentic hadith uh, narrated by Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, recorded in Musnad Ahmad, the Prophet وسلم, says, لا يخلون رجل بامرأة فإن الشيطان ثالثهما That a man should not be alone in khalwah with a woman, for verily the shaytan is the third of them. A man should not be alone with a woman in khalwah for or in seclusion, for verily shaytan is the third of them. Now you might ask this question, that Okay, khalwa. What is khalwa? I'll just briefly give you what the definition of khalwa is. Khalwa is when a man and a woman who are not mahram to each other are in a room or, uh, or in, a, in a space where others cannot become or are uneasily able to become aware of them. So what does this mean? This means that if a man and a woman who are not mahram to each other are in such a room where perhaps the door is open and anyone can just walk into, into that room very easily, then this is not considered khalwa. So khalwa is where a man and a woman are alone together in a, in a space where someone cannot be, uh, become aware of them very easily. So this is in, in, in brief what khalwa means. Now, when a man and a woman who are not mahram to each other are chatting with, with each other through these social media platforms or through a, communi uh, a communication app or communication tool, is this considered khalwa or not? If they're not physically present together with each other, is this considered khalwa or not? The quick answer, the quick answer, and again, by no means am I a mufti, right? So 
um, if you don't wish to take what I'm saying, that's fine. But this is from what I have learned from you know the different muftis. Um, it is not considered khalwa. This is strictly speaking, or technically speaking, not considered khalwa. However, however, anything that leads to zina is something which every Muslim man and woman should abstain from and should stay away from. Because what does Allah Azza wa tell us in the Quran? Wala zina that do not come near adultery or fornication. Do not come near adultery or fornication. That means everything, and of course, this is what the Mufassirin say, that everything and anything that w could lead to, you know, that ultimate act, that final act, that serious act, that is something which each and every Muslim, man and woman, should stay away from. Many of them, many of these actions are considered to be makruh, Many of these actions are considered to be haram. Many of these actions are considered to be makruh. Many of these actions are considered to be haram. That's why we are told to lower our gaze from amongst the many other injunctions of Allah Azza wa in the Quran. Right? So anything that leads to that final serious act, that is something which we should stay away from. So ask yourselves very honestly, that if you start chatting with a woman who is not a mahram, and especially if she may be someone who is young, someone who is of a similar age to you, or perhaps younger than you, etc., etc., and you may be chatting with her, now even though it might start off with some serious talk, with some business talk, or whatever other talk, what do you think? Do you think it may lead to something which is haram or not? If you seriously think it doesn't lead to, it wouldn't lead to anything which is haram, well then, I mean, if it is in a, um, in a setting or in a context which is very formal, then perhaps it may be allowed. However, if it has a chance of being led to something which is haram, then of course you can make that decision. You can make that decision. That if it is going to lead to that ultimate, or if it could lead, if it has a slight chance of even leading towards the ultimate act of, of zina, which Allah Azza wa Jal prohibits us from even coming close to it, then we should abstain from it. We should stay away from it. So even though it can't be technically cl uh, classified as khalwa, however, it is still something which each and every Muslim should s strive to stay away from. Strive to not put yourself into that situation where shaitan could mislead you. Very, very important. And think about the consequences. Sometimes we make justifications. But if we think with our right mind, if we think with a straight head, we will realize that this could have negative consequences. This could lead to something which is haram. And we know as human beings, we know, each and every one of us knows how strong they are. We know how weak we are. We know how weak we are, and we know how easily we could be misled. We know how easily we could fall into the trap of the shaitan. We know how easily we could fall into haram. If everything would be made easy for us to commit some haram, we know in the bottom of our heart that, you know, if it is not for the guidance of Allah Azza wa we would fall into that haram. We know for a fact. Each and every one of us knows ourselves. Right, so let us inshallah take these decisions accordingly. 
that when we interact on social media with the opposite gender, let us make sure that if it is extremely necessary, and if it is in a context where, inshallah, there will be no chance of hanky-panky, then inshallah we can go ahead. Just for, uh, till the extent of that necessity. But if we know that it, is going to, it could go further than that, then let us not get ourselves involved in such a situation. Let us not put ourselves in such a situation. Let us not put ourselves near the fire. Right? Let us not try to get ourselves bent. Let us think about this inshallah. Allah Azza wa also tells us in the Quran in Surah An-Nur, "Qul lil mu'minina yaghuddu min absarihim wa yahfazu furujahum dhalika azka lahum inna Allah khabirun bima yasna'un wa qul lil mu'minati yaghuddna min absarihinna wa yahfazna furujahum" وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا So Allah Azza wa Jal in these two ayat, He reminds and He tells and He instructs the believing males and the believing females. First He instructs the believing males. قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ Say to the believing males, يَغُضُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ That they should lower their gazes. وَيَحْفَظُوا فُرُوجَهُمْ And in turn, Protect and preserve their chastity. Protect and preserve their chastity. And similarly, he tells the believing females as well. وَقُلِّ الْمُؤْمِنَاتِ And say to the believing females, يَغْضُضْنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنْ That they should also lower their gazes and preserve and protect their chastity. وَلَا يُبْدِينَ زِينَتَهُنَّ إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا And they should not expose any of their beauty and adornment إِلَّا مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا Except that which becomes apparent. Obviously, I don't want to go into the ikhtilaf of what, what this means because this is a long talk. <coughs> so what do we gather from this? Well, for starters, for starters, as men, are, are there ladies as well? So do I address the ladies as well? Just to, yeah, okay. So as men and women, we should be knowing which type of people we can befriend on social media and we can follow on social media and which type of people we cannot follow on social media. So if there is someone who is of the opposite gender who is a non-mahram, right, and we don't actually have to, you know, befriend them, you know, sometimes you do find yourself in a situation where you might have to befriend someone of the opposite gender. Why? Because perhaps in a university, or perhaps in uh, you know, the workplace, for example, that may be the means of communication. That may be, right? That may be the means of communication. Sometimes it is WhatsApp, sometimes it is something else, sometimes it is email, right? That's of course the formal way of communication, but sometimes for other projects or you know, something else, or to organize something else which may be separate from the you know, normal work functions, you know, there may be some other platform which you know, the colleagues may use to actually communicate with each other. So if it is for that purpose and purely for that purpose, then okay, fine, go ahead with it. But if you're going to befriend someone and you know that you know, this, may, uh, this, this may go haywire, and he, I mean, it may, it may lead to something else, then know, when, know the right decision to make right from the start. So do not befriend that person right from the start. Make sure that you don't befriend the person or follow that person right from the start. You don't want to get yourself in that situation. 
So, so know to make the right decisions. And especially when you see that this person of the opposite gender doesn't dress appropriately, right? It is going to be difficult for you to lower their gaze. I mean, for those of you that may be using Facebook, for those of you that may be using Instagram, you know that every single day you get uh, feeds, news feeds, right? You get news feeds. And in these news feeds, you get many a times the pictures of that person that they may have taken wherever they are or whatever they may be doing, right? And many a times these pictures that they take of themselves, they may be in a situation where they're not dressed appropriately. So you're looking at the person of the opposite gender where they're not dressed appropriately. And you are being ordered by Allah Azza wa to lower your gaze. So is it allowed for you now to you know, continue to befriend this person on, on, on Facebook or on Instagram or on other you know, social media platforms? It isn't. It isn't. So we should know when to make the right decisions. I want to share with you, you know, some of the stats, some of the stats which have been gathered or some of the statistics which have been gathered by um, McKinley Irvin, one of the very, very famous law firms. Um, in fact, it is in, you know, one of the very top, you know, family law firms that deal with divorce and etc, etc. And they had conducted a study. They had conducted a study. They said that one in three marriages and because of online affairs one third of one third so one in every three marriages and because of an online affair so how do online affairs happen through social media sites through these online communication platforms right that's where they take place so one in three marriages end because of online affairs. Now obviously this study was done in America, it's, it wasn't done everywhere else. However, these stats are still startling. These stats are still mind-boggling. Furthermore, they say that <coughs> over 10% of people say that because of Facebook and other social media platforms, it becomes a source of the jealousy of one of the spouses in the marriage. So because one of the spouses may be liking pictures of, you know, someone from the opposite gender, this creates jealousy between the spouses. And obviously this is something natural, this will create jealousy something natural whether a person admits it or not it does create jealousy if your wife or your husband is doing something with the opposite gender which is not necessary and which could be inappropriate or at least from an Islamic perspective it is inappropriate there would be at least a little amount of jealousy whether a person admits it or not whether a person is you know a modernist or whatever there will be at least a little amount of jealousy I mean, even in very open societies or ve in, in very open families where, you know, they might even, you know, the, the opposite genders who are not mahram to each other might even give like a tap on the cheek, like, you know, as if to kiss, etc., etc. Even in these types of cultures, there will be a little amount of jealousy, no doubt. Especially when the person from the opposite gender is attractive. Definitely there will be a little, little bit of jealousy. I mean, at least that much, that little amount of, uh, you know, uh, uh, human nature is still there within a person, even if that person is far away from Islam. This is exactly what this study proves. 
that more than 10% of people state that Facebook is the source of jealousy between spouses and other social media platforms as well. SubhanAllah, this is nothing new for us. It's, it's just reminding us that our deen is so perfect and what our beloved Prophet ﷺ has given us is perfect. The deen that Allah has given us is perfect. What the Quran tells us is absolutely perfect. And it will stay perfect right till the end of creation, right till the day of Qiyamah. It will always be perfect. So it just strengthens our belief. That's all it is. It just strengthens our belief. This is actually nothing new. It's startling, but it's nothing new. It's nothing new. If we really reflect on the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, it makes sense. If we re reflect on the ayat of the Quran, it makes sense. Also, so these are just uh, some other stats. One third of people keep their passwords private. One third of people keep their passwords private. Now this is again a source of jealousy, no doubt. And a, and a source of suspicion as well. Right? A source of suspicion. 5% of people have secret accounts. And this last one, and this is something, you know, again, very startling. 80% of lawyers use social media as evidence in divorce cases. 80% of, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? Because there are all of these online affairs going on, and, you know, all of it is out there in social, and social media is allowing all of this to happen. So that's why it is being used as evidence in the court of law, right? Because it's there, everything is happening there, or the majority of the stuff is happening there, right? That's why it's being used in the court of law. It's being used as evidence in the court of law. SubhanAllah, this is something starting. So this is the negative effect of Facebook and the negative effect of inappropriate interaction between opposite gender on Facebook. Sometimes we feel that it is harmless. Sometimes we hear people saying it is harmless. Sometimes we hear Muslims saying it is harmless. It is not harmless. This is not a Muslim study. This is a non-Muslim study. This is a non-Muslim law firm that has done this study. And they are stating these, the, these findings. For us, it's nothing new. Wallahi, for the Muslims, it's nothing new. This just strengthens our iman on what Allah and His Prophet wasallam have already told us. Inshallah, I'll finish off this. I apologize for the lengthy talk, but I, I, I'll inshallah finish off with this uh, final guideline, inshallah, and stating this hadith of the Prophet But perhaps this is also a very, very serious thing that happens often on social media. And that is the publicizing of sins. The publicizing of sins. A man may be doing something haram and they will take a picture of it and they will post it on Facebook or they will post it on Instagram or they will tweet what they were doing etc etc etc. A woman may be doing something haram, she may be you know uncovering her awrah etc 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 and, they, and she may be posting these pictures on Facebook, she may be posting these pictures on Instagram on, uh, and on other social media sites. How serious is this? How serious is this? Firstly, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, you know our deeds get recorded, but we don't realize it. 
But subhanAllah, in today's day and age, where everything is stored and is there available on the internet, you know, they say that once you post something or put something on the internet, it is always there, even if you delete it. It's always there. It's somewhere. It's still somewhere. If you want to find it there, people will find it. Right? So subhanAllah, you know, the angels record the deeds. But subhanAllah, we are getting our own misdeeds many a times, unfortunately, recorded by the internet with our own doing. But what is the seriousness of that? Let me remind you of a hadith of the Prophet wasallam. something which, you know, would shake someone. Something which would shake, a hadith which would shake someone. The Prophet ﷺ mentions in a hadith recorded in Bukhari, narrated by Salim ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu. The Prophet ﷺ says, "Kullu ummati mu'afan illa al-mujahirin." Kullu ummati mu'afan illa al-mujahirin. That every person from my ummah, every person from my ummah, will be forgiven, inshaAllah. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us from one of them. Every person from my ummah will be forgiven, except the mujahirin, except the mujahirin. Who are the Mujahirin? وَإِنَّ مِنَ الْمُجَاهَرَةِ أَنْ يَعْمَلَ الرَّجُلُ بِاللَّيْلِ عَمَلًا ثُمَّ يُصْبِحُ وَقَدْ سَتَرَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ فَيَقُولُ يَا فُلَانَ عَمِلْتُ الْبَارِحَةَ كَذَا وَكَذَا وَقَدْ بَاتَ يَسْتُرُ رَبُّهُ وَقَدْ بَاتَ يَسْتُرُهُ رَبُّهُ وَيُصْبِحُ يَكْشِفُ سِتْرَ اللَّهِ عَنْهِ The Prophet of Allah continues to say that verily from Mujahara Mujahara meaning to publicize so every person from my ummah will be forgiven except those who publicize, except those who make open, except those who announce. And the Prophet says, from this publicizing is when a person does something at night and then he wakes up in the morning and Allah had covered that action of his. And obviously the Prophet is referring to sins. Is referring to something which is meant to be covered, sins. So Allah, he wakes up in the morning, Allah Azza wa had covered up his sins for him. Allah Azza wa had covered up his shortcomings for him. And then he says, Ya Fulan, O person, O so and so, I did this last night. I did this last night. He announces it. He announces it to the people. And he slept at night and the night passed in a situation where or in a state where Allah Azza wa or his Lord had covered up his sins for him, had covered, covered it up for him. And then he wakes up and he uncovers that which Allah had covered for him. He uncovers that which Allah had covered for him. SubhanAllah, this is something very, very serious. That we want to be of those people who are to be forgiven by Allah Azza wa on the day of Qiyamah. The Prophet says, every person from my ummah will be forgiven on the day of Qiyamah except the Mujahireen. Except those who publicize, those who announce their sins. Doing a serious sin is something serious in and of itself. However, then to announce it to people as if you have done something great. Then to post it on Instagram as if you have done something great. And posting it while smiling as well, showing that you've done something great. Posting it on Facebook and, you know, showing as if you've done something great. Subhanallah, isn't this arrogance against Allah Azza wa Jal? Isn't this arrogance in front of Allah Azza wa Jal? That Allah Azza wa Jal has told you that this is haram, don't do, this, don't do this. You have done it. And not only that, you are showing to Allah that, oh, what are you going to do about it? 
whether you're saying it consciously or subconsciously, this is what you're doing. You are showing your arrogance in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. So how can that person expect forgiveness from Allah Azza wa Jal on the day of Qiyamah? So this is the reason why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that every person from my ummah will be forgiven except the Mujahideen, except those who publicize and announce their sins. Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, rahimahullah, in Fathul Bari, one of the famous or probably the most famous uh, commentary on uh, uh, Sahih al-Bukhari, he mentions what is um, you know, the person who publicizes, what is this Mujahir? He says that That he's the person who exposes his sins And he uncovers what Allah Azza wa Jal had covered And he talks about it And he further continues to say that You know, mujahara is of two types Or those people who publicize and announce are of two types The one person is the one who actually does the sin openly in front of people So he's also included in that and the other person that's included in that which the Prophet ﷺ talked about in the hadith is the person who does it secretly. So it's not in front of people, it's not done publicly. However, after he has done it, then he talks about it to people and he announces it so that people know about it. So this is two ways of actually publicizing it. One is to actually do the sin openly. The other one is to do it secretly. However, then to open it up and expose it by talking about it to other people and announcing it to other people. So this is something very, very serious. Very, very serious. At least, at least, if a person falls into a sin, if we fall into a sin, we should at least be embarrassed and ashamed enough to at least cover it up. To at least cover it up and ask Allah Azza wa Jal to cover it up. And when Allah Azza wa Jal covers it up, beware, beware my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Do not expose what Allah has covered up for you. Do not, do not announce what Allah Azza wa Jal has covered up for you. Do not boast about what Allah Azza wa Jal has covered up for you. Do not boast about it. Because then you are being arrogant in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. So let this hadith be a warning for all of us, inshallah. Firstly, for myself and one and all. And let this, inshallah, be a means of us being steadfast on the obedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. Um, <coughs> Perhaps, you know, some of the other things which I want to talk about, and, you know, this is what I kept for the khutbah tomorrow, inshallah. Um, I will probably just, um, you know, recap on a couple of things in the khutbah. And, uh, you know, I want to uh, go into a slightly different dimension um, with regards to the etiquettes and interacting um, with others on social media. So, inshallah, we'll talk about that um, in a little bit more detail in the khutbah. I know even the khutbah is, you know, quite short and restricted. But nevertheless, we will um, do with whatever um, time we have. Uh, <clears throat> with that, I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He uh, grant us the tawfiq and the guidance to understand the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He grant us the tawfiq and the guidance to practice upon the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He keep us steadfast on His Deen. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He forgive our shortcomings. Allah, I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He accept our gathering. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He grant us all success in this life and the hereafter. I ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He raise us on the day of Qiyamah in His in His uh, in the Ummah of His beloved sallallahu. 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I ask Allah azza wa jal that he grant us all entry into Jannah without any hisab and without any accountability I ask Allah azza wa jal that he accept um, this gathering and he accept our little humble efforts uh, for his sake and I ask Allah azza wa jal that he um, reunite us in the future uh, for his sake uh, and, and for his remembrance أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم